Well, this familiar but profound text tells us there are three attributes of love. And the second, the number two and number three, most of us are familiar with. They've got it, we've got it down. But I think sometimes we forget the first one. If you're taking notes, the first attribute of love is this. Love has a purpose. Love has a purpose. God has a great purpose in giving his love to us. Many of us, at least many in the world think, that love is to fill their own selfish purposes. But God gives his love for a higher purpose. Everyone wants someone to love them. Everyone talks about love. And uh, we want to think that God just gives us love so we'll have uh, uh, icky feelings or uh, special emotions. But God has a purpose for giving us his love. The first one is this, as we read in our text. So we can overcome the world. God gave us his love. If you have the love of God, we'll see in a moment. If we don't know God, we don't have God's love. But if we have the love of God, God gave that love to us so that we could overcome the world. Verse 4, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I don't claim to be some special person because I'm not. I don't claim to be some great Christian because I'm not. But I can say that you're looking at somebody who's, the reason I'm halfway normal this morning is because God put his love within me. I overcame the world because of God's love. I tried to overcome the world by my, by my own will, but I could not overcome the world until God's love came into me. Jesus said it this way in John 14, 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. There was no way that I could change my life because I didn't love God. There was no way I could overcome the addiction and the sin in my life because I didn't know God. But when God came into my life and God gave me his love and God gave Linda her love, we overcame this world. I'm still overcoming, but thank God I'm not who I used to be. Thank God my life has changed. Thank God he changed me because God put his love within me. Uh, I don't, I'm not the judge, and uh, I know Christians are growing, but uh, after being a Christian 45 years, it uh, boggles my mind why there's so many who profess Jesus who haven't overcome the world. There are so many who profess to know Jesus who haven't overcome their sin. They haven't overcome their addiction. They haven't overcome their selfishness. The Bible says that God gives us his love so that we'll overcome, so that we'll be different, so that we can shine our light for Jesus, so that we can be changed. So if you've got a hang-up or a habit this morning, God's love will help you overcome that. Thank God if you go to AA or wherever you can go to get help, but that's just temporary. Only God's love can help us overcome this morning. So the purpose of God's love is that we overcome. You got something in your life, young person, you need to overcome? God's love can help you do that. So the Bible says that God gave us his love for a reason. So that I could overcome. You could overcome this world. If you have overcome the world, then you're, 
you're doing pretty good because this world's a terrible place. This, this world drags us down. This world tempts us. This world's constantly uh, trying to keep us from living the Christian life that we should have. And the reason why we've overcome, as we've just read, the Bible says we are children of God. You are of God, little children. And if we are of God, we have power to overcome the world. Say, I got this habit, Pastor Mike, I can't overcome. If you're a child of God, you can overcome that habit. Say, I've got this attitude I can't overcome. If you're a child of God, you can overcome that attitude. Say, I've got this sin in my life. If you're a child of God, you can overcome that. Because greater is he that is in us, the Bible says in that verse, than he that is in the world. God is in us if we if we've received Jesus. By the way, if God isn't in you, you're not a child of God. Romans chapter 8 says, if the, if the Holy Spirit hasn't come into our life, then we aren't a child of God. Obviously, that's why many, their lives aren't changed, because the Holy Spirit hasn't come into their life. The Bible calls us being born again. We're children of God because we've been born from above. We've been born of God. All of us were born from our mother's wombs. But we need to receive Jesus and be born by the Spirit of God, born into God's family. You are children of God. Greater is he that is in us. The he there is God. God's in us. Thank God that he is in me. I wouldn't be worth anything this morning if God was not in me. He's in me. He helped me overcome. He's helping me to overcome, the Bible says. And the he, then he that in the world is speaking of verse number three. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereby you've heard that it should come. So the greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The spirit of the devil, the spirit of wickedness is in the world. And if you don't know that, you've got your head in the sand, that's for sure. The spirit of wickedness is in this world. Uh, I shared this with Pastor Luce with the college and, and career uh, students. One of the reasons I, many reasons I love being in India or China or wherever I'm at that speaks a language I can't understand is that I don't know when they're cursing. <laughs> And so they can just be cursing away in Telugu or Hindi or Karnataka or, or Tamil, whatever. They can just be cursing and, and I just go around smiling because I don't know they're cursing. They're probably cursing me out. <clears throat> uh, so I come back here and, and those of you who live in California, I used to live in California many years. But Californians, I love Californians, I love California. But Californians are sort of like the Frog analogy, you can take a frog and you put him in warm water and then you keep heating the water and the frog doesn't have a better sense to know he's in hot water. He just having have a good fun. Well, when you get out of California and you come back, it's a reality. It's a reality. You snap back to reality. Because in California, I hear more, more people cursing than anywhere. I travel the world. And I dread getting around a bunch of teenagers because I know I'm going to hear cursing. But I do it so I could witness to it. So last night, I was having a great time. I went through the whole day without hearing anybody curse. I mean, that's pretty, pretty good when you're out on the streets of Stockton and Lodi. Talk to me. The whole day, I prayed, I'd studied, I went soul winning. I should have left well enough alone and came home. But after I got soul winning in one area, it was still a little bit of daylight. And I said, well, I'll go to another area. And I rolled my windows down because it was cool. And as soon as I rolled my windows down, some person come riding by on a bike. I think they were 
smoked a little bit too much dope one time, but they were riding our bike and they were just cussing, four-letter words, and just polluted my mind again. Uh, but the Bible says that we can overcome the world because the Spirit is, in, is inside of us. This is why we overcome. Then be so we can know the truth from error. God gave us His Spirit so we can know the truth from error. There's so much false teaching in the world. And that's what the context here. If you read verse number 1, it says there's, don't believe every spirit because there's many false prophets who have come into the world. So God gave us His love so that we could know the truth. Without the love of God, we cannot know the truth. Without the love of God, we listen to the devil. We listen to false teaching. We listen to false doctrine. We listen to the lies on TV. We listen to the philosophy of the world. And so we're deceived because we do not know the love of God. God gives us love so we can know the truth. The Bible says in verse number 5, They are of the world, therefore they speak of the world. People who don't know God speak of the world. Sometimes it's wicked speech. Sometimes it's ungodly speech. Sometimes it's gossip speech. Uh, but people who don't know God have not overcome the world and their life hasn't been changed. Even their speech betrays the fact that they don't know God. And by the way, if you're a Christian this morning, make sure your speech reflects that you're a Christian. Uh, God help the Christian who talks like the world and acts like the world and speaks like the world and curses like the world. The Bible says God gave us His Spirit to we had overcome the world. We wouldn't talk like them. Those who know God speak the truth. And we talk the truth. We say the right things. So, of course, the truth is the Word of God. The Bible says they that love God and know God, they hear us. So I'm not surprised that people get upset when I tell them about Jesus. I'm not surprised that people get angry when I tell them they need to repent of their sins and be saved. We shouldn't be surprised when our family members and our neighbors get upset because we're trying to tell them about Jesus because the Bible says they, they, they don't want to hear it. But those of us who know God, we want to hear it because we have the spirit of truth. And then thirdly, God gave us his love so we can love one another. The first part of verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. God gave us his spirit so we could love one another. How wonderful it is to have a husband and wife who both have the spirit of God. That's why there's love in that home. But if you're here this morning, and I'm not trying to be critical or, or judge, but if you're here this morning and you're married to someone, you know God, and they don't, and they don't know God, that's why there's not love in the home like there should be. When we love God, the Bible says we have God's love, we love one another. I mentioned my own testimony. I said I loved people sometimes, but I didn't know what love was till Jesus came into my heart. Jesus showed me what love is. Now I can truly say I love people. Now I can truly say I love Hindus. I love Muslims. Yesterday I had such a good time out visiting. I, got to, I felt like I was in India. I, I got to share the gospel with Sikhs. I got to share the gospel with Muslims. I got to share the gospel with other people from India. I got to share the gospel with Jehovah Witnesses. And I could tell that you know, some of them weren't too fond of me. <laughs> but as I was talking to them, I actually loved them. 
I'm thinking that Muslim man in his front yard. I loved him. I loved him. Uh, he may not have loved me, but I loved him. I think of those Sikhs sitting there. They're Sikhs because they're still seeking. Uh, I think of those Sikhs sitting there. I love them. I love that Jehovah Witness family I was talking to. and I was, I was getting the witness to one of the teenage girls, and the mother came with just a sarcastic, mean attitude. I started to say, look, it's my turn. You come to my house and bug me, so don't get such an attitude because I'm at your house bugging you. Lighten, lighten up a little bit. <laughs> you don't want me to treat you that way, so don't treat me that way. But I love those people for one reason. Because Jesus loves me. It's the only reason. Otherwise, I would hate them. Otherwise, I would get even with them. That's a wonderful thing. God puts love in our hearts. And we love somebody because God loved us. Husband, you'll never love your wife unless you love Jesus. Wife, you'll never love your husband unless you fall in love with Jesus. Young people, you'll never love your parents unless you fall in love with Jesus. God put his love in us so that we would love one another. Would to God the Republicans and Democrats would know this truth. Would to God religions would know this truth. Would to God our neighbors would know this truth. Would to God gangbangers know this truth. Amen, Pastor Mike. That's good preaching. Thank you. <laughs> would to God we would know that truth. Wouldn't have to use the word racism. Wouldn't have to use the word bigoted. We wouldn't have to use the word hate. Jesus said, I gave you my love so that you could do something miraculous so you could love somebody else, so you could love one another. So God gave us his love for a purpose, not for our selfish reasons, not so that we could uh, uh, be loved ourselves, but so that we could love somebody else. Secondly, the second attribute of love, love is a person. Love is a person. Those of us who are, know our Bible, we know this truth. But the world doesn't know this truth. Look at the last part of verse number 8. I'll just read the whole verse again. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. If you don't know God, you can't love. And if you know somebody who doesn't love, it's because they don't know God. So they need to know God. For God is love. Love is God. Love is a person. Love is not a thing, young person. Love is not a thing. You cannot make love. Love is God. God is love, the Bible says. It's not a thing. Love is not a feeling. We don't, we don't have a feeling of love. Love is a person. Love is God. Love is not an emotion. Love is God. These are all results of God's love. We feel love because God is love. We have emotion about love because God is love. Uh, husbands and wives can enjoy even sensual love because God is love. The Bible says that God is a person. These are only the results of love. Love is God. Notice verse number 7, the first part. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. There's many things that prove the existence of God. And uh, it's just... It's just uh, almost comical how much people have tried to stamp out God, uh, the atheists and the evolutionists, and uh, thank God there's still more of us than them. 
I mean, you'd think that all of America would be atheists by now as much as they pushed it. But thank God we're not. Amen? Thank God there's churches like this all over the United States this morning with thousands of people gathering together because we know there's a God. We're convinced there's a God. And they can't get rid of God. Many things prove there's a God. But one of them is the fact that we love somebody proves there is a God. If evolution was true, I would have to stop and say, thank you, evolution, for creating love. You were so smart to think of that. Uh, only, only one person thought of love, my friend. And that's the person who is love. Love is God. If you love your children, it's because there's a loving God. And even if you're unsaved, even if the people who are without God, we're still created in the image of God. And we have enough of that image that we can love our children, love our wives, love our husbands. We can actually love. So the fact that somebody loves, where'd that come from? It came from God. You didn't think of it. Uh, the world didn't think of it. It came from God. If you love somebody, you're proving there's a God. And if you love somebody, you're proving that God loves you. I love the song that says, Love has a name. It's Jesus. <laughs> Love has a name. Jesus. Joy has a name. Jesus. Victory has a name. Jesus. And so I went through the scriptures and I added some to my own to that song. Hope has a name. It's Jesus. Peace has a name. It's Jesus. Mercy has a name. It's Jesus. Life has a name. Jesus. Savior has a name, Jesus. Yesterday I was talking to a precious Muslim, no, Friday, I was talking to a precious Muslim lady. She was a mother. And uh, I was trying to witness to her without stumbling over myself, without making a fool of myself, without offending them. And by the way, if you want to get out of your comfort zone, go sign up, go with me, and I'll take you to a Muslim area. And you, you try to win a Muslim to the Lord. And, and, you get, and you'll get to feel what it feels like. So I'm talking to this Muslim family without, without offending them, without causing an argument there. And I was having a hard time getting through. And the Lord gave me this illustration. I believe it was the Lord. I said, is this your mother? I was going to use the fact that uh, her, how much her mother loves her. And I said, is this your mother? She said, no, it's my mother-in-law. So I knew I blew that one. <laughs> I was watching a comedy on TV last night and said, if you want to be happy, marry an orphan. They don't, that way you won't have to mother-in-law. Anyway. <laughs> so I said, well, if that was your mother, your mother would die for you. And this Muslim lady said, I'm a mother. I know what you're talking about. And there I was able to explain, Jesus came and died on the cross. I said, Muhammad was your prophet, but Jesus is your Savior. Jesus came, and Jesus is the only one who saved. I share this with you, just maybe you can use it. I said, the reason I've never asked my mother to save me, my mother dead and never died on the cross. The reason I never asked the pastor to save me, my pastor never died on the cross. The reason I've never asked the priest to save me, the priest didn't die on the cross. The reason I never asked the Pope to save me, the Pope didn't die on the cross. Only one person, not two, only one person died on the cross. His name is Jesus. 
And to God be the glory, that lady prayed and asked Jesus to be God. She said he was God. And she asked Jesus in her heart to say it. It took the love of a mother for her to understand the love of God. What a, what a wonderful picture that God gave us when he gave us mothers. There's a name above every name. That's Jesus. And the Bible reminds us in Philippians chapter 2 that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. There's a name above every name. And that name is Jesus. So love has a purpose. Love is a person. And then lastly, in conclusion, love has a picture. Love has a picture. God drew a picture of love. What a, what a wonderful God. Only God could be so smart to draw a picture that we could see love. Because if I tried to explain love, there's no way I could explain it. There's no way I could draw it. There's a lot of things come to my mind. A mother's love for their child, somebody helping an orphan. But God drew the most awesome picture that no one could deny it. All you got to do is look at it. And you say, I understand it. By the way, those of us who know God, <clears throat> that's why we know him. One day we saw that picture, amen? <laughs> One day we saw the picture I'm getting ready to describe. And we, we could reject a lot of things. But when we saw that picture, we could no longer run. We didn't want to run. We wanted to run to the one who drew this picture. Notice verse number 9. And this was manifest. The word manifest means declared or showed. This is how God showed his love. This is the picture that God showed love. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. That's love, my friend, that God would send His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Notice verse number 10. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Pastor talked about this word last week. The word propitiation means substitute. God loved me so much Loved you so much, he sent his son to be the substitute for my sins. That's what the Bible says right there. The substitute for my sin. And as I told a man this week, and he got the message. I told him, I said, I should have been the one nailed to the cross, not Jesus. You should have been the one nailed to the cross, not Jesus. But God put, gave us this beautiful picture. And God said, here is love. I gave my son in your place. God's picture of love, my friend, was on the cross. And God took his paintbrush and God painted the most descriptive picture of love that could ever be painted. Like Chris Tomlin sings, his love ran red. His love ran red. And when Jesus' blood poured out, that was God's love running red for me and for you. Look at the cross. This world, I get, I get upset with people, but because of God's love, I still have patience with them and love them. But we live in a world who slaps God in the face. We live in a world who says God's not a loving God. If there's a loving God, why are people starving to death? My friend, just look at the cross. 
How can you look at the cross and not know that God loves the world? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish and have everlasting life. In our pity parties, we question the love of God. But when we look at the cross, we see the love of God. We know the love of God. We have to admit the love of God. Look at the cross if you wonder if God loves us. Look at the body of Jesus as the scars were there and the flesh was ripped open from the beating of the cat of, cat of nine tails. Look at his hands where the, the, the nails of the, his, went to his hands and his feet. Look at his side where they stuck the spear into his side, into his lungs. Look at his face where over a hundred soldiers beat him with their fists and clubs. We cannot recognize him as a man. Look as they ripped off his beard. Look at his head as they put on the crown of thorns and they beat those crowns on his head. And as he begged for a drink of water, they mocked him and they spit in his face. And our loving God turned his back on his son so he could turn his face toward Mike Robinette and Tim Pollock and every other sinner in this world. The Bible says God painted a picture of love. That picture is Jesus, God's son, hanging on the cross. So the next time we doubt God's love, how foolish of us. God said, this is a picture. If I would paint a picture of love, again, I could think of so many things. Only God could think of that picture. Only God could have said, I'll show the world how much I love them. I'll let my son be beaten by the men who should go to hell. I'll let my son die for Mike Robinette, who deserves to die on the cross. So I'll close with verse number 11. This is a sermon in itself. Another sermon. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. We'll never arrive. But God said, I showed you a picture of love. And God said, this is how you're to love one another. Could you imagine if we had a church full of people who got this truth? We may disagree each other but we would love each other. I would say, Pastor, I love you just like Jesus loved me. Can I die for you? I'd say, Brother Jesse, I love you just like Jesus loved me. Can I die for you? Is there anything I can do for you? You need anything? Say, well, that'd bring revival, wouldn't it? The Bible says, but it would be impossible. It would be impossible had I not known how much Jesus loves me. Again, I wouldn't be a very loving person if I did not know how much Jesus loves me. Sometimes I feel like telling my wife like it is, but I look at the picture and Jesus tells me like it is. <laughs> Jesus said, this is how much I love you. Now shut your mouth and you love your wife just like I love you. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5. <laughs> That's how much we're to love one another. But let me close by this. If you're not listening, I think everybody is, but if you're not listening, listen to this. Everybody set up straight, slap your neighbor, whatever. <clears throat> Love has a sound. If you listen real closely, you can hear love's sound. Happened 2,000 years ago. Jesus was beaten so badly, he was mocked. 
nailed to the cross, hung there, six hours blood flowing from his head, his face, his body, his, his bones were pulled out of socket, Psalm 22. He asked for water, I already said. They spit in his face and mocked at him. But before Jesus died, he said, Father, forgive them when they know not what they do. That's the sound of love. <laughs> no, no more love words have ever been spoken. Father, forgive them for they know what to do. And I submit to you that Mike Robinette, who should be in hell, is standing here today because 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, Father, forgive him. He's just a stupid sinner. Doesn't know what he's doing. And thank God he did it. He forgave me. Thank God I can say I'm a child of God. Not because I go to church, been baptized, do good. I'm a child of God because somebody took my place on the cross. Somebody who was perfect took my place. Somebody and the only person whose blood could pay for sins, and that was God's blood, as Jesus hung on the cross. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Pastor.